Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 305 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, May 23, 2013. On today's show, a very timely uh, interview um, for today's show. We'll be uh, talking with Oklahoma City-based physician, family physician, Dr. Rachel Franklin. We'll be here to talk about the events of uh, this week's uh, F5 tornado in the Oklahoma City area. And I uh, also have some news stories after our interview, all that and a lot more coming up on episode 305 of the Family Medicine Rocks podcast starting right now. show that is passionate about medicine and social media. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast for Thursday, May 23, 2013. My name is uh, Mike Savilla, your favorite family physician host, and uh, I encourage you to check out my digital library of stuff at familymedicinerocks.com, and uh, shout out to everybody following me on Twitter, all uh, 12,589 people following me on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. And also, big shout-out to everybody who likes the Facebook page for this show, all 819 of you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, today is Thursday, May 23rd, 2013. It is noon Eastern time. It is 11 a.m. Central time. And here at Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters, uh feels like uh, 69 degrees Fahrenheit. It is cloudy. It looks like it's going to be raining here this afternoon. How's your week going there, kids? Um, as always, I do want to thank everybody for your continued uh, support of the show. Thanks for your retweets and mentions and likes. Uh, and uh, very excited about all of that. Uh, a couple of announcements before we get things going here. Uh, one week from today, uh, on uh, Thursday, May 30th, uh, 2013, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, will be uh, the host of the uh, Just Talking podcast, uh, Christopher Snyder. Uh, we'll be here at JustTalkingPodcast.com. I was a guest on his podcast that was recorded um, earlier this month, but will be released right before uh, show number 306. Uh, so we'll be talking about uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the um, uh, behind the scenes uh, and uh, maybe some of the background of, of that podcast. And it'll be fun to have him on live here for a live interview. On Thursday, May 30th, 2013, at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And also, a big announcement tonight on Twitter. <laughs> you probably saw on, on the on the on the website today at FailingMedicineRocks.com. There will be a big meetup uh, going on this evening in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, uh, my good friends, uh, Crazy Girl, Crazy Girl 15 from Twitter, Emily Bennett, and also uh, our good friend uh, Sean Dent. You can find him on Twitter. At I am unafraid, 
How about that Twitter handle? So we'll be having a big meetup tonight in uh, in Cleveland, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to tweet out some stuff. And, uh, and if you're in the Cleveland area tonight, yeah, keep track of your Twitter. Uh, maybe announcing where we're at or taking pictures or whatever, all that good stuff. So a, a meetup that has been years in the making. And I want to thank Sean for uh, for uh, really pushing that and, and making it happen. So uh, I'll be having some updates on that as well. Uh, but for today's show, uh, going to be uh, coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. Rachel Franklin, uh, from uh, the Oklahoma City area, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be sharing an interview that I had with her from a from a couple nights ago. But first, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for uh, having me be a featured host here on this network. I've been a social media hobbyist since 2005, uh, and if you're curious, yes, I am a real doctor. I am a family physician in full-time private practice. I see patients uh, five days a week in the hospital and in my office and uh, uh, here in the beautiful northeastern Ohio. So I will uh, I will take my break, and after the break, uh, we'll be uh, having a discussion with uh, Dr. Rachel Franklin. You're listening to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Family Medicine Revolution. Just Google FM Revolution for more details. And also a member of the ProMed Network, a podcast you can get there by going to ProMedNetwork.com. And uh, we will be right back. to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast here on the uh, Blog Talk Radio Network. My name is Mike Savella, and uh, very, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, um, this week, um, and uh, you know, there was this huge you know, tornado and storms uh, in the uh, Oklahoma City area uh, earlier this week. Uh, and a um, F5 tornado, which is the, the most uh, destructive tornado on the uh, on the Fujita scale, I think is what they call that. And uh, I uh, every time there's a bad storm like that, I, I always harken back to uh, when we had a F5 tornado here uh, back in 1985, uh, close to Family Medicine Rocks World Headquarters here, uh, and. Um, uh, watching the coverage uh, three or four days ago, uh, it, it's just really, uh, uh, really devastating uh, what happened out there, uh, and, and the response um, on the ground there uh, from the people, from the officials, from the authorities uh, was just uh, just impressive, and, and just the outpouring uh, of, of kindness and generosity. Uh, that that was happening locally and uh, around the nation and around the world. Uh, so I'm going to be playing a, an interview here that was recorded uh, about uh, 24 hours following the uh, tornado, and uh, I reached out to my uh, to my good friend Dr. Richard Franklin uh, 
who is an associate professor in family medicine at the University of Oklahoma uh, College of Medicine. And uh, she uh, uses the Twitter handle, Your Family Doc. And what she did was uh, she started putting out uh, information on Twitter, uh, very relevant to the local people there, um, as far as shelters, as far as information following a disaster situation, uh, which was uh, very curious to me. And we'll talk about that during our uh, during our conversation. Something that I did I did not know is that Dr. Franklin was there in 1995 uh, for the uh, bombing of the uh, federal building there. People uh, usually call it the Oklahoma City bombing, and uh, she was living there at the time. And she was also living there in 1999 for the May 3rd tornado there, the F5 tornado there. Uh, She was a resident there, and she talks a little bit about that as well, and obviously she was there a few days ago for the May 20th, 2013 F5 tornado in uh, Moore, Oklahoma, and other other places close to the Oklahoma City area. And I wrote a blog post about uh, her live tweeting at FamilyMedicineRocks.com. You can go and check that out. You can go and see some of the initial tweets that she put out there. And I also wrote a post um, reflecting on this uh, using Twitter as a uh, information uh, distribution platform by our good friend April Foreman, uh, also known as Doc Foreman on Twitter, uh, and she talks about social media emergency management, also hashtag SMEM. So uh, I will go ahead and uh, play this interview with Dr. Rachel Franklin, and uh, then I will have some uh, remarks after that. This is about a 20-minute interview, so um, and I did uh, record a little bit before our official interview to give you a little bit of, of uh, behind the scenes uh, before we started. So here is my conversation with uh, Dr. Rachel Franklin, a family physician uh, from the Oklahoma City area. How things are out there on the East Coast? Hey, you know, it's uh, we're just we're all the whole world's watching where you're at right now. So oh my gosh, I yeah. know. Well, the first night was Shawnee, Oklahoma, which is my hometown. Yeah. So is, is it okay if I record this deal and we can just kind of... Yeah, go ahead. We'll record it and get going. All right. Um, so, and I'll edit this and do all the good stuff. But let's, uh, sure. let me let me just... Uh, I'll just start by... Because I, what people want to know is, um, um, you know, has your family, is everybody safe? And, and is your residence close to anywhere of the path of the, of the tornado? Thankfully, no. My house is about... Uh, 10 miles north or so of where the tornado hit and my family and my loved ones are safe and our houses are intact so we're we're quite grateful for that actually so uh, so let's go back to, to that day then uh, um so i mean you know there's been thunderstorms going on and, and uh, when did you know or how did you know this was not your regular run-of-the-mill oklahoma thunderstorm well you know one of the things that you'll learn about people who live in the plain states those of us in tornado alley we know meteorology like the back of our hand, even without a degree, and it's kind of sick. It's almost a spectator sport in Oklahoma to watch the weather reports every time there's a tornado coming by. And uh, I think Kevin Durant probably said it best today that when you're an Oklahoman, you don't think much about it until something really serious happens. Um, so what happened on Monday was early in the morning, 
the National Weather Service, which is based in Norman, Oklahoma, uh, started putting out alerts. Now, remember, we're such weather geeks that we actually will watch what a National Weather Service scientific report says as opposed to waiting for the TV fancy people to say stuff. Yeah. So National Weather Service was actually starting to report what they call a PDS, which is unusual for us. A PDS is a particularly dangerous situation. You know, lots of times you hear, well, there's a tornado watch, there's a thunderstorm watch, you know, hurricane watch. We're looking for these things. The last time I recall them talking about a PDS issue was Katrina. Okay. Uh, they may have said it for Sandy as well. I'm not sure, but so this is this is not just <clears throat> excuse me, this is not just your average hurricane or your average tornado. The weather service, as of six or seven o'clock in the morning on Monday, were saying people pay attention. This is really serious. So in our clinic, where I'm the medical director, we see about 65,000 patients a year, and we also run the residency program for the University of Oklahoma, and we were having an administrative meeting where we had to decide, do we treat this like a snow day? And that's really unusual, but we took it quite seriously. Ultimately, we decided not to treat it like a snow day because with storms, you just don't know where it's going to hit. Sure. And we didn't want to be foolish. We didn't want to, you know, fail to see those patients who still needed our care we provide about 60% Medicaid care and several unfunded patients. And, you know, so we have the more challenging patients in the county, and closing our doors would mean they had nowhere else to go. So balancing that, we made the decision to stay open. But um, that afternoon while we were in clinic, uh, the tornado sirens went off, and, of course, we all started live streaming on our laptops because, you know, we're EMR people too. <laughs> exactly. So EMR goes away, channel, you know, 594, whichever your local network station is, uh, we start live streaming on all our laptops as we're hiding in our hidey holes and trying to figure things out. And unfortunately, we were sitting in the clinic safe and sound about 10 miles north as we watched the tornado wipe more off the map again. Yeah. This is I was a second year resident in nineteen ninety nine. Is that right? Yeah. When the May third tornado came, I was a second year resident. And uh I remember very well we had a disaster uh declaration at that time and the Family Medicine Center was open for second order triage, you know, in case there were massive casualties. Something we had established after the ninety five bombing. Right. You know, unfortunately, we've been through a bit here in Oklahoma City, but um, so, so, so we, you, were, you were in clinic back then too. So this sound, and this felt eerily parallel. <laughs> I mean, it was probably a very surreal moment. It really was. Um, it was interesting to be in a leadership position with an extra fifteen years of experience under my belt and myself training residents and watching their excitement and their passion for finding a way to help really stirred memories and uh, made me feel good about the next generation of family docs, frankly. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. I mean, I I, and, I would presume that they were um, eager to help and, and wanted to jump in and doing things and uh, um, you know, just trying to you know see what was going on. 
Oh, absolutely. Several of them did the same things that I did in 1999, which were to get in their four-wheel drive vehicles, because we almost all of us have a pickup truck or a an SUV in the family. you got to haul stuff, you know. Sure. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a pickup truck in the family. You're not an Okie. Sure. So, uh, but they all jumped in their vehicles and braved the debris and showed their medical licenses through the checkpoints and ran some triage and they quickly learned what I learned in 99, which was that responses are so well organized by first responders and Red Cross and other organizations that an individual trying to go out and help finds themselves pretty soon with not much of a job to do. You know, initially you can help, you can get the triage station set up, you can help direct people for the first few hours, and then once all the help descends, you can kind of find yourself a little bit out, not really knowing what your place is. Right. And uh, then they went home and had taken several pictures, and were still stoked this morning when I uh, sent out the request for them to come join us at the free clinic. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? So what? Um, so what did you draw from you know earlier this week from that from that experience you know 15 years ago as far as you know, yourself as far as your emotions trying to go through that and, and um, you know, guiding those residents on, on how to kind of process the situation and, and how to deal with something of this magnitude. Well, you know, it's the same thing that I did with our children. Um, we have 12-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, and they're in middle school in a magnet community school that encompasses the entire metro area. We're a, we're a metro area of more than a million people, um, which includes the Moore area. And so I thought just start talking with them as well about what do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when tragedy strikes? And in their case, it was, we can't find Katie. Right. They have a friend who lives in Moore. Thankfully, she is safe. Her family is safe. Their house was very badly damaged. But, you know, in that vein, what do you do when you're afraid? What do you do when you're in shock? And what you do is you find a way to help. And uh, you find something that you can do so that you're making a positive response to a negative situation rather than letting it eat at you, letting it bring you down, letting it paralyze you. You know, it's the same thing that the residents learn when they're working in an ER when they're taking advanced trauma life support and they're learning, yes, you have to stick that 18-gauge needle in the chest wall or the person's going to die. You know, go for it. You're the one with attention pneumo, you know. Um, and I think that really all they needed was an outlet, a leader that said, okay, here's what we can do. And it didn't turn out like we had hoped it would today, but ultimately they were appreciative to have had the opportunity, the outlet, to do something positive. Um, my guest on the line is uh, Dr. Rachel Franklin, who is uh, calling in from Oklahoma City area. And um, just a couple more questions before I let you go. I, I did want to talk about the, the social media angle. And, and when I was hanging out on, on Twitter, um, I saw you doing stuff on Twitter and Facebook and trying to um, communicate, um, you know, some information out there. Um, was that the plan from from the start in your mind, or how, how did that idea come about? Well, you know, it actually wasn't the plan at first. Um, the plan at first was we got the call from our local congregation that there would be a meeting at 7 o'clock in the evening to talk about our 
disaster relief response. And the more people started talking in the meeting, the more it felt like an American Academy of Family Physicians Congress, you know, where we, you and I and several of our other friends that may or may not be listening, heaven forbid if they hear this voice, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> Tell them not to criticize me too strongly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it felt like one of those opportunities where, you know, when I'm at the National Conference of Special Constituencies with you and the rest of my buds, we have an awfully powerful tool to use through tweeting and retweeting and talking to each other. And I have seen it happen at our national meetings where somebody will send out a message that has particular resonance with the, the Twitterverse, and all of a sudden, in 45 seconds, 50,000 people have now read it. Right. You know, it's, it's been sent out, and the magnitude of that response has been wonderful. Um, so mostly it was just, I was in a room at a college campus where this congregation is located, and a whole bunch of 20-somethings were surrounding us, and then there were a few of us old folks. <laughs> and they were all staring at these glowing, flat, rectangular thingies in their in their hands. And I thought, why is nobody messaging? Right. And Facebook is good, but it can't really do what Twitter does. And so I thought I would do both, but tweeting has been remarkably successful in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was able to share some things, both positive and negative. They've been shared. It has helped, I think, um, Pray for Oklahoma trended for probably about 18 hours of the last 24. And the thoughts were retweeted. The requests were retweeted. The The basic knowledge of how do you respond to tragedy, you know, we all want to go to our closets as an example and grab our clothes that we've been thinking about giving to the, you know, the charitable organization, but we don't need clothes. You know, right. we need gift cards. Right. Well, somebody needs to tell you that. Sure. Sure. And then, I don't know. then you get fewer clothes. Well, I don't know that either. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I find these things out and go, "Oh my gosh!" If you offer to bring me clothes, I say, "Awesome!" Until I realize, "Oh, okay, that goes in the trash, really." Sure. Oh, that's not where I want my donation to go. You know. Mm-hmm. So anything from helpful hints that seems to have worked very well to I was able to tweet with our local media, all of our major networks. Um, several wow. of them, the ABC and NBC networks retweeted me several times today wow. with here's a volunteer opportunity or wow. here is, uh, you know, unfortunately one of my uh, friends lost her daughter. And so yeah. we're, we're grieving her and trying to provide the support and the, you know, the things that they need for, for their little girl. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been really helpful because the media watches it. Sure. And because people who are interested watch the hashtags. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you find the hashtag that resonates, then you can get a message out, even sure. if you don't have a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. And I have been very appreciative of you. You were one of my awesome retweeters. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's it's like when we talk about those meetings, it's, it's it's sharing the story, and and people want to hear that, and people want to hear what's going on on the ground there, and what you're experiencing firsthand. And and um, uh, before I do let you go, is is, is there a you know a story that kind of sticks out over the past 
day and a half um, to share with the audience, you know, as far as, you know, your experiences, what is going on on the ground there or the people that you're experiencing? You know, it. Um, I've lived through so many of these, unfortunately, being in Tornado Alley now. Um, nothing really new has resonated with me, but we have something here that we call the Oklahoma Standard, and it's something that you heard about during the Boston bombings. It's something you heard about during 9-11. It's something that comes up pretty frequently every time somebody else has a major disaster, and it's the thing that resulted in New York City at Trinity Church setting up a shrine to the Oklahoma City bombing after 9-11 because of the way Oklahomans responded to the New York tragedies. We've been through so much and we deal with so much as far as loss and as far as struggle that when we face a struggle, we pick ourselves up and not only carry ourselves on, we find ways to help lift others up as well. And that, I kind of followed the hashtag Oklahoma standard today, too, and that apparently was trending quite a bit. Sure. It's, uh, I just think it's a marker of the resilience of people who live in difficult times in a variety of situations. It's not just plain states that have tornadoes. It's anywhere that there are constant challenges that the resilience and good nature of the human spirit always rises to the top, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last question for you is: um, you know, if people want to, you know, help you and your community and your state in Oklahoma, they want to do something right now. What what do you recommend people doing? If we're talking about right now, what's really most needed is money. We actually, thankfully, have a full blood bank. We're still soliciting blood donations, but everyone's been so generous. We really need money. We do need people to donate to the Red Cross, to the Salvation Army. If they're interested in helping the congregation with whom I've been working, they can go to mrcc.org, and 100% of those donations go directly to victims. Really, we need uh, money. What's MRCC stand for? It stands for Memorial Road Church of Christ. Okay. And are they on Twitter, too? Did I see you tweeting their mouth as well? They are. Yeah, they are at Memorial Road. Okay. Very good. Very good. Um, And and anything else um, that you wanted to mention or that you wanted to get out to, you know, especially people in our family medicine community or anybody else who may be listening listening to this uh, program in our conversation, anything else that you want to let them know? from, you know, the Oklahoma City area? You know, I think from a family medicine perspective specifically, it's so important that we remember that while what we do each day in the clinic or in our hospitalist service or in the emergency room where we work may become routine to us, it's not routine to the people that we help each day. And we become reminded of that when our particular skill set become valuable to the wider community during the course of an emergency. But, you know, what we do every single day matters just as much whether we get the props for it or not on a day-to-day basis. And I'm just so proud to be a family doc. I'm so grateful to have been able to live this life and serve these people in this community. 
thank you so much for the time. I know it's, uh, um, you know, you're doing a lot of great work out there, um, you know, as far as communication and social media and probably stuff on the ground there as well. Very inspiring story. Thank you so much uh, for the time and uh, just this kind of unique way of, of sharing your story out there. I will you know, continue to do my part in trying to retweet and do everything I can to try to, you know, uh, spread the story out there. Um, but it's been great talking with you. I know that we'll talk again very soon. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. And uh, we're back live. And um, so, you know, it's um, if I could just kind of reframe that for you. I mean, that was Tuesday night. That was about 24 hours after uh, the uh, tornado hit when we recorded that interview. Uh, and it, it just kind of watching the coverage um, over the past uh, few days and, and seeing Rachel's uh, tweets out there uh, on Twitter and, and what she's doing on Facebook as well. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, the unfortunate the fact is that, I mean, you know, fr- from, a, from a news cycle standpoint, um, you know, the, the, the news will, will, will start to, you know, fade away uh, from this, there won't be as much coverage. There'll be another story that comes up, um, but you know, still, all those homes are destroyed out there, uh, and all those lives have changed and changed again. Um, you know, a lot of them were there for the 1999 tornado in the same path, and uh, they definitely, uh, you know, obviously, you know, needs our thoughts and prayers, but also donations as well. In addition to what she mentioned, you know, our friends at the uh, American Academy of Family Physicians Foundation uh, is also uh, accepting donations, of, uh, especially uh, shouting out to our family medicine community, so aafpfoundation.org, and uh, that was on the AAFP website as well. But uh, thanks again to uh, Rachel for, for coming on the show um, and uh, sharing her story uh, and um, to give you kind of a taste of what is what's happening um, on the ground um, out there. Uh, so what I'll do, I will I will take a break here, and um, after the break, I will uh, just share just a couple more uh, stories here with you before I let you go. This is the uh, Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Sibilica at FamilyMedicineRocks.com, and uh, we will be right back after, after, got to find it, after this, we'll be right back. And welcome back to the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is Mike Savilla, FamilyMedicineRocks.com. So it's just a couple of uh, stories I wanted to share with you here. Uh, one that is all over the uh, FM Revolution uh, hashtag is uh, uh, something that the American Academy of Family Physicians is doing. Uh, they are partnering uh, with the Centers of Disease Control, the CDC, 
Uh, and there's a uh, there's an article about it uh, yesterday, uh, May 22, uh, from our good friend, the uh, president of the American Academy of Family Physicians, Dr. Jeff Kane. Uh, the uh, title is AEFP Join CDC Campaign Urging Smokers to Talk with Your Doctor. The AEFP joined the CDC director, Dr. Thomas Frieden, and the U.S. Surgeon General. Dr. Regina Benjamin in Washington to announce a new component of the agents tips from former smokers campaign that will encourage smokers to talk with your doctor about quitting. Last spring, the CDC ran a three-month national tobacco education campaign featuring former smokers telling their own powerful stories about their horrors smoking inflicted upon their bodies, heart attack, stroke, cancer, and more. In late March, the CDC rebooted the campaign with new stories from former smokers suffering from a different array of health problems. No doubt, you've seen or heard these advertisements that have appeared on television, radio, billboards, and buses, as well as in magazines and movie theaters. The tales are grim and hard to forget, but uh, there's also the reality of tobacco use. Tobacco remains the number one source of preventable death and disease in our country this month, the CDC will begin running new television ads to encourage smokers to partner with their physicians. The, fe- the ads feature the tagline, You Can Quit. Talk with your doctor for help. So are you ready to help? During last year's campaign, call volume to 100, excuse me, 1-800, quit now, more than doubled. Imagine how many more people can be helped with a high-profile reminder that physicians are a great source, resource, for smoking cessation. 70% of smokers say they want to quit, but only one in 10 will manage to stop on his or her own, and they're in our offices every day. Smoking cessation is one of the most simple cost-effective interventions we can offer, and the brief conversation can save lives. If you are looking for resources for your office and your patients, the Academy can help. The AAFP Ask and Act program Offers dozens of free resources, including a terminal, excuse me, a terminal, including a practice manual for creating, uh, man, I just messed this all up. The AAFP, the take two. Uh, the AAFP's Ask and Act program offers dozens of free resources, including a practice manual for treating tobacco dependence, coding information for uh, cessation counseling, a pharmacologic product guide, and a stop smoking guide for patients. The CDC's webpage related to this initiative also has free resources for physicians. Talking to our patients about tobacco cessation is one of the most important and proven things we can do for their health. Will you be ready when your patients who smoke ask to talk with their doctor? So there's more information on AEFP.org. And a big shout-out to our good friend, Dr. Jeff Kane, the president of AEFP. Check out his blog post at uh, the Leader Voices blog. The uh, title is AEFP Joint CDC Campaign Urging Smokers to Talk with Your Doctor, dated May 22, 2013. This is the Family Medicine Rocks podcast. My name is uh, Mike Savilla. And uh, one more story here uh, that we're going to share with you. I just got it off the Twitter uh, this morning. And a big big hat tip to our good friend Christian St. Clair from the PallyMed blog. And uh, there's a a post, and uh, I don't think there's a date on here. Oh, here it is. 
Uh, there's a post from uh, May 22, 2013, and the uh, title is uh, Tweet Chat is Terminal, Dying Victim of Twitter API Changes. Now, before I go into this, now, I mean, the, the Twitter chat is something that I uh, tell people about and uh, something that, that got me learning more about Twitter, uh, experiencing more about Twitter. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you know, if you're on Twitter, there's a way to have, you know, live, real-time conversations uh, using Twitter. And there are uh, many, uh, many, 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 many Twitter chats out there, especially in the uh, um, healthcare and medicine arena. Uh, and I saw this uh, blog post today, uh, and it really uh, got me concerned because, you know, uh, the, if you're familiar with Twitter chats, one of the, the you have to you have to have a way to to track the conversation. And there's a platform called TweetChat.com uh, where people can go and they can kind of, you know, listen to the conversation, even contribute to the conversation as well. So this blog post is called TweetChat is terminal dying victim of Twitter API changes. Um, and some of the post goes like this. Uh, what's in a state of demise and is going away June 11, 2013, is the service called TweetChat. This is a site that easily allows you to monitor one subject on Twitter organized around a hashtag. The author of this article writes, I have been an avid user of the TweetChat services when looking for specific hashtags of topics that interest me. TweetChat is a simple use uh, and interact when participating in live Twitter chats, quickly following favorite messages, respond, retweet, etc. TweetChat uh, allowed me to find my fellow tribe of uh, palliative care professionals all over the country and around the world. Further bonding occurred when uh, the live tweet chat was from a conference uh, like the uh, palliative care conference. How great it is to meet people from the chat in real life. So um, they go on and, and, and state that there have been some changes at Twitter.com that's going to be affecting some of these Twitter chat uh, platforms. And as, uh, as far as we know, as of this show, Twitter has not responded to any of those. So what does this all mean? This means that if there is no way right now to follow a Twitter chat, a lot of these Twitter chats could maybe go away. They could be obsolete. They could be extinct because there is no way right now to track the discussion when it comes to Twitter. And I know that, that some of these uh, platforms are also used at meetings to, uh, as a Twitter chat board uh, to, uh, to see what's going on at the meeting. So I wanted to give everybody a heads up on this because um, – you know, this is going to be a very important thing to see what happens. Now, at the end of this article here, they say they, they try uh, platforms like Hootsuite, which is something I use, but it's not that great. Uh, and they also refer to TweetDeck. Now, TweetDeck, from what I understand, has already been phased out as far as a, a Twitter platform, but I'll have to double-check on that. So hopefully there will be other things that are going to be coming out to help people with their Twitter chats and to help uh, continue to track and participate in conversations uh, and to track things like hashtags. Uh, so if you have thoughts on this, you know, I, I will really try to put up a blog post on this, but I encourage you to, to get the discussion out there going, on, going out on there on Twitter as far as how in the future 
we're going to be keeping track of Twitter chats. What platforms are you using out there? So that ends my show here for today. Uh, thanks again for, for my guest uh, for coming on, Dr. Rachel Franklin uh, uh, from the Oklahoma City area. That was a very fascinating uh, conversation. Hopefully I can bring her back at some point. We'll give me talk about uh, uh, less uh, serious stuff, uh, but uh, it's always great to, uh, to talk with her. I haven't talked with her in a long time. Uh, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get her on very soon. Uh, so that's it, kids. Uh, thanks a lot for joining me live or uh, or downloading on the podcast. Again, a lot of great downloads uh, from last week's uh, show and the week before. One week from today, uh, on the Thursday, May 30th, 2013, at 9 p.m. Eastern at daylight time, uh, Christopher Snyder will be here, the host of the Just Talking podcast. We'll be talking about uh my show <laughs> or not my show my my guest spot on his podcast uh, that will be coming out days before um he's a guest here so we'll be uh, talking about that and, and look out cleveland tonight look out cleveland uh me and crazy girl 15 and i am unafraid we will be out uh in cleveland uh you know i, I get the bail money out kids that, that's all i'm saying uh, i hope hopefully uh, my one phone call can be my one tweet out there to for somebody to to bail me out because I'm I'm on call this weekend, so we have to <laughs> I have to get back to work. So hopefully it won't be uh, too too bad of a thing going on tonight. So uh, thanks again everybody for joining me. My name is Mike Savilla, FamilyMedicineRocks.com, and uh, have a good holiday weekend. It is Memorial Day uh, here in the United States, and uh, all the thoughts and prayers are out there for uh, all our servicemen and women uh, past present and future, uh, as this is the unofficial start of summer here in the United States, the Memorial Day weekend. So I will be working. So think of me as you're having your hot dogs and picnics and all that stuff. So have a great weekend, everybody. We will talk to you all very soon. And uh, till next time, my name is uh, Dr. Mike Savella, and reminding you, family medicine rocks. We'll see you. <laughs>